Hello and welcome to the Squiggly Lives podcast. The show that explores life purpose by taking you on a journey into different people's unique and somewhat squiggly worlds. We're your hosts, Helena and Claire. Hello and welcome to our introductory episode where we're going to share with you a bit more about who we are and what our podcast Squiggly Lives is all about. In a moment, Helena is going to talk about how our podcast got started and why we're doing it. So in this episode, it's just the two of us, but in coming episodes, we'll be chatting to a different guest each time. And each show is gonna be very different, but they will all center around some of the big questions we all might have asked at some point or continue to ask or keyed into Google, such as what should I do with my life? What is my purpose? And how can I best use my time here? This isn't about giving advice or step-by-step formulas for the perfect career or life in general, but instead we hope you find inspiration from hearing about the lives of, of others who have fascinating and very different, but just curious, interesting stories to tell. So over now to Helena, who's going to talk a bit more about how our podcast came to be, and then we've got a series of four quick fire questions about finding your purpose, which we'll be asking each other. Okay, so how did the project come about? Well, both Claire and I are people who question things, wondering about the big life questions. We're always reflecting on our own lives, what we really want to do, how we want to spend our time, where we want to place our energy, how we can give the most, and do we have one true calling, one true purpose? Um, At the point of this podcast coming to life, we were both in this space asking these questions more than ever. We were both questioning things and wondering, what now? What next? Then a moment of inspiration came to Claire when she was out in the garden with her little boy. She had this idea. What if we turned our own experience of asking the big questions into a project? turn our own search into something that could maybe help others? What if we talked to other people and asked them how they approach these questions in their own lives? We could reach out to people from all walks of life and hear their own experiences. By doing this, we would connect people together and create a community of people who are on a journey looking for answers. And also of those people who have answered these questions their own questions along the way. So originally it started out with the word purpose and the phrase true calling and how people find these things. Uh, these, were, these were the phrases at the center of the project's mes- mission. We both felt a sense of unease with this though. We both questioned whether these things, whether these phrases, these words and terms were ultimately valid, were true for all people. Um, Should they be what we're looking for as humans in the first place? But when we finally settled on the name for the podcast, Squiggly Lives, we realized that the project was much more about the different journeys that we all take, the routes we choose in life, the the decisions we make of how to spend our time and how we make them. It was about documenting people's stories, the immense variety of them, and the many, many different ways of tackling these bigger questions in our lives. 
In each episode, we would discover how different individuals had chosen to pursue their passions and where they found meaning in their daily lives. In listening to these episodes, we may all also see similarities to our own paths, hear stories that we can all relate to, discover things that help us make sense of our own lives and connect with people all over the world. That's a bit about our podcast. Thank you, Helena. We're now going to take it in turns to ask each other a series of four questions about, or all related to finding your purpose, which we'll be asking every guest at the end of their podcast. So the first question is, in one word, what does the phrase finding your purpose mean to you? Wholeness. So to expand a little, I guess a greater sense of wholeness. Um, Not that I don't feel that now, but I guess I secretly always hoped that when I found one, or maybe it's a few things that I really wanted to do, that I saw as my purpose, and that I was genuinely good at, um, really, that really inspired and lit me up, that I would feel like this weight was gone, and a feeling of wholeness was restored. And this may, definitely, it may be a little naive and idealistic of me, um, but I also do believe to have that feeling is possible. Um, And I guess with that wholeness, I also thought, with that wholeness and with that purpose, I also thought that I would be able to give and serve to my full capacity because I would be truly doing what I was meant to do. What is the one book that you would love to share with as many people as possible? Okay, so I have two, maybe three books, so I'm cheating a little bit. But the first one would be a book by Mary Oliver. Um, The book that I have is New and Selected Poems by her, Um, but I'm sure many of her books um, would also be just as good and just as inspiring. Um, But the poems by Mary Oliver remind me of what's important and they make me feel a greater connection with nature. I always experience a feeling of gratitude and also of belonging or this feeling of being part of something bigger when I read her poems. So that would be my first recommendation Um, or the book that I would like to share as much as possible with others, Mary Oliver's poems. And then the next one would be one or both books by Yuval Noah Harari. Um, The first is called Sapiens and his second one is Homo Deus. Um, And I guess the book Sapiens, I would recommend because it gives me, anyway, me personally perspective. Um, It's a reminder of the impermanence and transient nature of our time on this planet and our place in the long history of the earth. And then whereas Homo Deus, which I would recommend reading after Sapiens, is a much needed call to action. Uh, It interrogates the present and the possibilities, but also the potential pitfalls of the future. Uh, For me, it really asks questions that we all need to consider the answers to. So those would be all my recommendations. I love this so far. <laughs> I, I also love that you put Sapiens in there because that is like one of, that's like my favorite book. 
Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big one for me. How would you like to be remembered? That's a really tricky one for me. Um, And I'm sure I could say a lot of different things. But initially what comes to mind is to have been kind. Um, So yeah, to uh, be remembered as someone who was kind. And to have brought a little joy into the lives of the people I cross paths with to have made a difference to some of their lives if possible in small but significant ways Um, and I guess it's these little things these little changes or differences these little acts of kindness um, that make up a much larger wave of change and growth that sometimes needs to happen in a society And then if I can have one more thing, I guess, to have, to be remembered as a person who thought for herself and chose her own path. If you had to give someone one piece of advice or quotes about finding your purpose, what would this be? So I haven't figured that out for myself yet. So maybe I'm not the best person to ask. I'm still looking for clarity around this. And I guess that's partly what drove me to start this podcast with you. Um, but there are two quotes that have helped me a lot amongst many others. Um, but these two quotes in summary for me, they say, or they sum up, um, to keep going, to create your own path and always strive to be in the here and now. And they also remind me that maybe it's not all so complicated, that there's nothing really to work out on worry so much over. And I guess I spent a lot of time when I was younger trying to figure out life, trying to understand all the big questions and why we do what we do, how I should live my own life and so on. I now have this feeling that I don't need to do that anymore and I just need to flow with things. Um, So the two quotes, the first one is by Alan Watts. Uh, The meaning of life is just to be alive. It is so plain and so obvious and so simple. And yet everybody rushes around in a great panic as if it were necessary to achieve something beyond themselves. And the second one is, I believe it's a Peruvian saying, and I'm not sure who it's from originally. Pilgrim, pilgrim, pilgrim. There is no way, there is no way, there is no way. You make the way, you make the way, you make the way by walking, walking, walking. Oh, beautiful. I love those quotes. (laughs) I have so many quotes. Like, you don't understand. I have so many ones that, like, I just save and I like all of them have helped me. So I just pick two that, like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, the Alan Watts quote is what I needed today. (laughs) It's nothing like philosophy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't overthink. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't take things too seriously. Yeah. Uh, story of my life doing the opposite of what he went Yeah. Through, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you the questions. In one word, what does the phrase finding your purpose mean to you? My word is connectedness. And when I say connectedness, it could mean to yourself, others, the world around you, basically whatever it is that's happening right now. 
maybe this is also about being present in order to connect. But this to me is what I'd like finding your purpose to be about. Not necessarily this big event or epiphany, but just feeling more connected and purposeful in everyday life. The poem Hokusai Says by Roger Keyes sums it up a lot better than how I'm describing it though. And I'll share part of the poem with you here, but the whole poem is definitely worth checking out. He says, it doesn't matter if you draw or write books. It doesn't matter if you saw wood or catch fish. It doesn't matter if you sit at home and stare at the ants on your veranda or the shadows of the trees and grasses in your garden. It matters that you care. It matters that you feel. It matters that you notice. It matters that life lives through you. I've often struggled with being able to be present and connected. And I have in the past, 15 years ago now, had depression, which for me was a very disconnected experience, making me feel like I was in a complete void, detached from the world and myself. Um, and it, it was the, just totally the opposite of being in connection with everything. I found meditation to be really useful and it's certainly helped me a lot. It's also something that will give you exactly what you need at that time of practicing. At least this is my experience. I remember 10 years ago, I was living in Hobart in Tasmania at the other side of the world and my boyfriend and I had just broken up. I hadn't really meditated prior to this, but one day I just decided to go to a meditation class, which ended up being such an incredible experience and also just what I needed at that moment in time. I then remember the meditation facilitator at the end inviting us to share any insights we had. And I'll always remember this one woman who said, thank you, and then shared that she'd recently lost someone close and that even if she began to describe her experience to people afterwards, they would think she was on drugs. And I too felt people would think the same of me. I just shared that I felt connected. The meditation had a really profound effect on me and helped me to see in that moment, the interconnectedness of everything on the planet. So this is why my word for finding your purpose is connectedness. What is the one book that you would love to share with as many people as possible? Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. In a previous quite soul-destroying job working in debt collection, I remember one of my bosses sat reading this book at his desk, looking really deep in thought. He then lent the book to me and I've since gifted it to a fair few people. But this is the one book that I feel is relevant to absolutely everyone, no matter who you are. So Viktor Frankl began writing Man's Search for Meaning whilst in a concentration camp during World War II. And the book is basically his observations of how some people were able to survive and why others lost hope. I think these two quotes stayed with me the most. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And those who have a why to live can bear with almost anyhow. And I remember when I remember when I read the book, 
Frankel's descriptions of how some of the prisoners in the camp were able to find hope and meaning through such seemingly small things like catching a glimpse of the sun setting or remembering a loved one that they would be able to see again once they were once they were out. I love that book too. Okay. How would you like to be remembered? I am really not sure about this one, but I think I'd like to be remembered for not getting stuck in my ways. So the opposite of that, really. I'd hate to get to the point where I feel I have it all figured out and there's nothing new to learn or try or I just stopped properly listening to people and being open to new perspectives. I'd love to be remembered as forever being flexible in spirit and generous in spirit and young in heart into my 90s and for others to just never feel judged around me. Think of you like that already. Do you? Okay. <laughs> um, okay. If you had to give someone one piece of advice or quote about finding your purpose, what would this be? I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast a while back and I remember one of his guests saying something along the lines of, if you're trying to figure out what you should do with your life, reflect on the book you most loved as a child. And I love this because while it might not give you a definite answer, it will almost definitely shed light on what's important to you. So my book is Gobbly Know the Witch's Cat, which was first read to me um, in primary school in year three. And I was just absolutely gripped the whole way through. I've also since reread it and still love the book just as much. So what I loved about the book the most is that Gobblino explores all these vastly different worlds and has all these incredible adventures. And each world Gobblino enters is vastly different to the next. And I think that's what appealed to me the most. I felt so much love when strangers took Gobblino in and then outrage and sadness when they judged him for being a witch's cat. I loved all his adventures and just thought how boring it would have been if he'd just gone straight to being the kitchen cat, which is what he wanted. And I remember at the time genuinely feeling how big the world was at that point and how it's made up of all these vastly different groups of people who often seem oblivious to one another or don't question their worldview outside of their immediate bubble. I think I've often struggled with the question, what should I do with my life? Because I've bought into this idea that it should just be this one thing or that one day I'll, day I'll wake up with this epiphany that I must start a charity for abandoned dogs in Greece or something. Um, maybe it's like this for some people, but equally for many of us, it's perhaps a lot more squiggly or a lot more like Gobolino's life made up of mini adventures and twists and turns in the road. And maybe that's the point. I think that's why a project like this podcast has got me so excited because we get to chat to people who live vastly different lives, have different outlooks and passions. And I think we can all learn a lot from them, even when worldviews, or especially when worldviews may differ. 
I listened to that same podcast. I remember like thinking back at all the books <laughs> that I'd read in my childhood and what they meant for me. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good one because it, it yeah, is. it hasn't given me um a, a solid answer, but no, it didn't it give me that aha made me, <laughs> but <laughs> made me understand why I liked why I can't just have this one thing forever yeah 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 I agree I agree for the rest of this episode Helena and I chat more freely about purpose callings and navigating life in general we talk about having multiple purposes and passions how your priorities and identity changes over time and why it's not what you do but how you do it plus lots more Helena starts off by talking about her squiggly journey through life so far and how she is now able to connect all the dots and make sense of everything despite her path not being this linear journey. Out of everyone I know, Helena has had so many incredible adventures and really explored life, career and purpose in such a huge amount of depth. So if you're someone who doesn't just have one true purpose or passion, and you have a love for exploring new things, or even if you're someone that has one true passion, I I think you'll relate and I hope you find this interesting. Every decision that I've made and every thing that I've chosen to do career-wise or personally-wise, um, I see as having a purpose and having, when I look back at it all, I can connect all the dots and I can see why I was doing that when and how it brought me to this and like yeah I see reason and purpose in it all um in different ways I suppose so I guess to say that I haven't found my purpose isn't completely true I haven't found the one thing or the like not that I believe in the one thing either but I haven't found something that I'm like ah yes that's like what I'm meant to be doing that's how I can best serve that's what I feel like I'm I feel truly good at or with and I don't know if that thing exists like as Mm -hmm. I was saying kind of in my first answer um I don't know if that's been too idealistic um but I do I do believe that everything that I've done, um, you know, doing archaeology, um, excavating all over the world, in the Middle East, um, the UK, Caribbean, um, all my studies in archaeology and museum studies, all my work in museums and art galleries, in education teams, and freelancing in arts and heritage, um, all my work in nature, <laughs> education, foundations, um, running eco lodges, working with children, teaching yoga, teaching meditation, um, all my travels all over the world. Your work in prisons can, as well. My work in prisons, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my work in with yeah, young offenders and with um groups from rehabilitation centers um yeah all sorts I could go on (laughs) on the top of my head right then um but all of those things um career-wise and like I say personally wise as well so traveling 
um, and all the spontaneous adventures I've had and all the paths I've crossed with different people. But I do see all of it as serving a very important purpose for me. And I don't regret any of it. And yeah, I also, when I was younger, I studied, I, I, I struggled with all sorts of things, like I mentioned, sort of the big life questions, but then um, I guess periods of depression came with it, eating disorders. Um, I've always struggled with um, different, different levels of anxiety, I suppose. Um, and then so I suppose all of those personal experiences in some way served what I was doing or matched with what I was doing at the time. Sometimes I think that the things that I, would do, I was doing, the jobs or the travels or the situations that I was in were a way of also helping me to, were giving me what I needed at the time to work through other personal things. Um, so I don't always think it's a, your one purpose, career purpose or life purpose. Um, and that wow what you're good at moment but it's also you're in different situations for different purposes to serve different needs that you need to go through um so yeah for me but I also I do believe that all of it will connect up and I truly also have the feeling that for me personally maybe there are certain things that um fulfill me more than others and I maybe one day that I'd settle on a couple of things that I'm like ah yeah this feels really good um, but I do think I needed to go through all the rest to get to that point and if that point doesn't come then that's also you know that's perfectly fine like I'm, I'm very happy and grateful for everything that I've done and um I think you've just summed up perhaps an issue with how we tackle this question in itself for a lot of us we're asked at what 18 19 to to have something figured out what we want to do forever but there's this assumption that like that we that we don't change and like you were saying we have different purposes for different times in in our lives and I'm feeling that right now now I have a child who's two and a half and I'm figuring out how to balance motherhood and work. How do, how do I balance it properly? We'll have to get someone on the podcast yeah, <laughs> to shed some light on that. <laughs> no, I agree. I think um, we're very fluid. And I think that sense of, it's a whole, whole can of worms, but the sense of identity. Yeah, sense of identity changes over time. And we are... Yes fluid individuals and at different points in our life we hold and attach different meaning to things and I definitely I look back 10 years I'm a you know maybe core parts stay the same but I'm definitely a very different person with a different belief system and different values and all sorts or maybe just uh, developed values and all sorts from who I was back then so I do I think we change over time and I think our purpose and our what we hold dear to us changes over time as well so yeah like you say maybe it's a complex it's a very complex um subject and maybe it shouldn't be so like you say when you're young figure it out find out now what you're meant to do for the rest of your life 
because I don't think that's um, realistic, really. It definitely wasn't for me. I wasn't ready when I was 18 to just decide exactly what I wanted to do. And I plumped for archaeology at university. That was because it was it was something different. It gave me the opportunity to travel. I was always always interested in like the origins of us, I suppose, and uh, evolutionary and people, how they evolve. But yeah, I just plumped for something because I didn't know what else to do. And who knows if I'd do the same again. Yeah, I, I relate to that. I think I picked, <laughs> I picked the possibly the most abstract subject that you can <laughs> that you can find, which is art and like fine fine art, contemporary art, which is basically boundaryless, borderless. Anything goes, and at the time, like that is exactly what appealed. And I suppose, in a way, how I wanted my twenties to be to be just this big massive exploration and I just would have found it so so difficult bordering on impossible to to take this very straight linear path of this is what I want to do for my career these are the steps that I need to take I need to go and do this this and this maybe maybe I'll be saving for a mortgage too and (laughs) it's funny that there isn't a right or a wrong way of of navigating the question I guess what appeals to different people at different points exactly in their life everyone has their own squiggly life that I think worked out for both of us so yeah I don't think there is one way of approaching the question yeah. I was read a quote recently um it's not what you do but like how you do it mm. which I think is also relevant sometimes it doesn't matter what you do like I don't think it's relevant to me actually because I still get preoccupied with what I really want to do and all of this but it it is sometimes just your attitude and what you put into it and what you your perception of it and mm. what you just what you choose it to be yeah actually the perception of it probably has a huge makes a, a huge difference maybe how society values what you do as well definitely there's a lot more to it than just being what you hold to be important and where mm. you place your purpose and then also your fluidity and your identity. For a long time I was constantly looking like I suppose the carrot dangling in front of me like searching 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 outside. I guess the ha- times when I've been the happiest is when I could just I guess enjoy where I'm at right now or just you know find meaning and purpose in where I'm at right now it's such a cliche enjoy where you're at and then the future will get better and so on Um, I would agree though I think so Mary Oliver's poems sum up those moments of lying in the grass or looking at the sky for me and being in the now um, and being just content and being part of connected to everything around me and in the present moment um, I'll have to actually get her book I haven't yeah, yeah I'll yeah. have, I'll have a I also don't think because I had that sense as well of searching searching and also probably a sense of waiting <laughs> waiting, waiting yes the right thing which isn't a very comfortable feeling either but like I also 
I think that's just part of me personally, my personality. And I always saw it as, and I did create a lot of suffering. I do admit that I didn't need to always be doing it to that extent or always, you know, waiting, waiting or not being, yeah, sort of, it's not that I wasn't content and I was always very grateful, but I still had this kind of uneasy or unsettled, restless feeling, I suppose. I also think that's part of me and my character and kind of what drove me to do all the different things that I did. And um, like you say, also just not be set in my ways and I'm sort of always um, on on the go and like, sounds quite exhausting when when I'm saying it like that, but I don't think at the time it was, but yeah, I sort of think both of those things of, being on the move and looking or sort of not being willing to settle and at the same time appreciating those moments which I've definitely learned to do much more in my older age um, but appreciating those moments of stillness and connection with nature quite often and but I think those two things can it is possible for them to work together absolutely yeah, it's, it's finding that balance between being present and in the now yeah. and and yeah. also being present to what you want in the future, what your yeah, what you want your life to look like, both in a work or career and the rest of your life too. Life isn't just your career, life is everything else. And it's so funny that this whole thing of purpose is so tied up in career. Like, what should I do for a job? What should I do? And I'm not saying your life and career should all merge, but we're not really taught to think about how to how to live life. Like what kind of a lifestyle are we are you looking for or what? do you know what I mean outside of your day-to-day career those things are becoming increasingly becoming more and more important Um, and also looking at it as this very individual thing so I'm now for the first time ever thinking I feel like me my partner and child we are it's like decisions are suddenly about three of us. The bigger life questions become about yeah. two, three, four, five of you as well, not just yourself. I've never had to think Ooh. a lot of the time beyond six months. Or right. in fact, sometimes things just the pace of life in my 20s was just very quick. Sometimes I'd be in a job for just several months and then suddenly I was like, there at the other side of the world and then there I was back again and it was just like Mm -hmm. constant change 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 and then now I'm thinking oh we've got to be at the place where Isaac is gonna be a primary school we can't we can't just move every year I feel I I would I I don't want to continue to move him out of not that there's anything wrong with that but I feel like I'm having to make those really difficult long-term decisions. Oh, it took me, I think I'm only just with me and Wes, like, um, you know, after getting engaged, I think it's still, I'm only still um, acclimatizing or feeling, starting to feel comfortable making decisions together. And 
getting used to not making them by myself I suppose I'm only just like you know two and a however many years later kind of thing getting used to that and then like I thought about applying to this PhD in America but then I'm like so then we'd have to live not where we both decided to go Asheville we'd have to live somewhere else for a year and then is that shouldn't I be thinking about like actually having a home and a home of our own and that final place that we want to settle and build a family and all of that shouldn't I do that now because you know time's time's running away before long <laughs> um it, do you know what I mean it's maybe I just have this feeling that I should but then should that just does that mean I should not pursue other career moves or dreams for, and then how do you like yeah, negotiate all of that? What do you prioritize when and who do you prioritize? And for me, it's just come down to like communication with Wes and us both kind of deciding sort of, you know, voicing um, what's important for us. And luckily enough, we've got quite a similar um idea about how we want to live and where we want to live and all sorts but I can't even imagine having a child in that as well Mm -hmm. to think about because that's you know you can't communicate and talk about things with him so much right now yeah Um, anyway I I think uh, we've got loads there yeah I think we've (laughs) got (laughs) thanks for listening to the squiggly lives podcasts with your hosts Helena and Claire Head over to our website, squigglylives.com to subscribe and hear more shows. That's all for this episode. See you next time.